0: And start rapping. No, I'm not doing it. Okay. One, two, three, start. No. Rapping. This is you. I can't rap this.
1: The first line is my name is Coindexter. I'm not Coindexter. Yeah. You I'm, are. What's the second line? No. What's the second line? <laughs> nice try. You've you already got started. you already started <laughs>
0: rapping. You've done the hardest part. No, I feel like I'm not gonna rap. I feel like that's Don't, not right. You can just like talk it. Like okay. uh you, like, uh, my name
1: is Coin Dexter, and I'm in the Coin Space. Got kicked out of my old apartment for selling MDMA on MySpace. I'm the motherfucking pangolin of Wall Street, giving Chinese yes. flu
0: to these crypto dudes. Wiggy, wiggy, ump. <laughs> <can't do> <laughs> no, finish the line, Liz. Finish the line. <laughs> I spent a really long time I was on this. Finish so good. Finish the line. You're doing. You're still doing I can't so good. You typed out wiggy, wiggy. <laughs> remember the. Remember the. I'm a nasty woman. Woman. <laughs> Okay, channel her.
1: Wiki, wiki. I'm from Wuhan, the mother flipping burning woman of Ethereum. I live in El Salvador. My race is crypto. My planet is Wall Street. My stuntin is on uhos. There we go. That's that's good. I think it kind of dies at the end. I think you had some really you had some really good like waves you were riding there, and then it kind of just...
0: does. My okay. race is crypto. Yeah,
1: I don't know why you're bringing race into this. <laughs> Lasting. Jeffrey. i Jeffrey. i Jeffrey. Hello Liz. I feel like um Coindexter has like grown in it's like as Bitcoin has, you know, grown in value, Coindexter's stature and physicality (laughs) has also um increased in I don't know, effect, impact.
2: Here here it is. I have genetic biological hookups to the coin flow. So when Bitcoin goes up, I descend and I get smaller, able to fit in more crevices and find more coins. <laughs> I've been living down here in El Salvador. <laughs> Hola.
1: Okay, okay, okay. This is going to get weird real quick. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Let me
2: just touch your face. (laughs) I'm Liz. My name is Coindexter.
0: Uh, And I embrace. We are, of course, joined by my thrall, Young Chomsky, who's producing this episode and every episode. And the podcast is called Truanon. Hello, everyone. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Young Chomsky is also producing your upcoming rap album, right?
0: Mhm. Well, it's actually your rap album. Here's no. a lot of people don't know is that <laughs> a lot of people do. not I'm going to refer to everything as the like so, the noun space from now on, so in the rap space, people <laughs> people like myself are very mm. present actually, kind of behind the scenes, controlling mm. everyone's careers, maybe even making some people Lash out at their ex-wives. We do all sorts of things. We're all the puppet masters. Maybe making the ex-wife have a television show. Maybe getting the ex-wife's mother's ex-husband off of jail. Maybe we're doing all of these things. And so, yes, Liz, you will be producing... Excuse me. You will be singing, rapping, if you will, on a little uh, album in the album space uh, (laughs) of coin-based rhyme. And this is, of course... (laughs) You will be finally be entering the singing space. and um, Oh, my God. Let's All right. Well, here
1: in the pod space, space mm-hmm. we're happy to have everyone back here because, as you can probably guess, we are talking about the incredible news. The couple that was arrested last week, I think, right? Last week? Yeah. About a week ago, they were arrested for allegedly laundering... Uh, over $5 billion worth of crypto um, from the Bitfinex hack back in 2016. the One of the biggest
0: uh, hacks in crypto history. Now, if the name Bitfinex sounds familiar to anybody, <laughs> they, those people should kill <laughs> themselves. But for those people who... <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, let me take that again. If the name Bitfinex sounds familiar to you, you should maybe exchange your life for being <laughs> dead, if you know what I mean. Uh, or perhaps you're thinking back to way back in how many times do you fit back into a sentence? Back to our episode about Tether. Yes. Where we went into this company in well, an adjacent same company in, in quite a bit of detail.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, like I went back and I was listening to that some of that episode today. Mm-hmm. And I wanna say that um I didn't realize, but that was the first uh introduction of uh Coindexter. Wait, who was who who was in the NFT episode then?
0: I don't he know. Yeah, was he wasn't there. No,
1: it wasn't. Cause Talk I say you. Because I'm talking about a quote from CoinDesk. Wait, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's roll tape. This is from Coindex, CoinDesk report. Coin—I almost said CoinDexter,
2: like CoinDexter. Hey, this is CoinDexter. <laughs>
0: that's a good character. Okay, that's fake news. He's a—he's t- been with us since. Uh, ancient, yeah. In fact, many Yazidi still worship Corn Dexter as a well, god. Well, it's true
1: that I do think we talked about Leslie Wexner in at least the first episode of this. Okay, podcast. no, they're, oh, listen, they're cousins. <laughs> they're not the same guy.
0: <laughs> okay, so, okay,
1: okay. Back to the to the the duo, Ilya mm-hmm. Lichtenstein. Incredible name.
0: Great, great to have your last name be the name of the money laundering country. It's. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a, a a baffling error to me.
1: Uh, thirty four years old, and his wife, who really is the star of the show, mm-hmm. Heather Morgan, thirty one years old. So DOJ announced last week they were accused of conspiring to launder one hundred and nineteen thousand seven hundred and fifty bitcoins.
2: Chop change. <laughs>
1: <laughs> stolen from the Hong Kong-based Bitfinex crypto exchange back in 2016. Um, when that hack like uh, first happened, when it happened in 2016, Bitcoin's mm-hmm. value, like total Bitcoin value dropped by 20%. So that's like how big this hack was. Um, and in the years since, obviously, what has it been? Five, six, <laughs> 2016. Okay, so it's been six years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I Wasn't going to help you with that. That's That'd be crazy. condescending if I answered the question. Six years
1: since twenty since Trump was elected.
0: I know. That's so crazy. It, people have. It's really and done he's a lot still of people president. a lot of good. If there had been some kind of like regular, like a real pandemic back then that had mm. annihilated most people, I think that we would be in a better like headspace mm. now. Just in general, people would be doing better.
1: So in the six years. That it's been since twenty sixteen uh Bitcoin has obviously uh just it's gone through the roof mm-hmm. and when the hack originally occurred the the total taken was worth around seventy one million now upwards of you know five billion six billion just totally insane. cuckoo
0: nutty so he is still in jail uh he has been designated flight risk. I guess Heather's out on bond, um, yes. Which, that's, (laughs) Heather, (laughs) if you'd like to uh, (laughs) maybe make a little exchange with a hold, someone who's uh, been known to be holden, hit the celly. Um, But they're facing 25 years in prison and potentially billions of dollars in fines and penalties. You might be thinking, can't they pay those billions of dollars in fines and penalties with the billions of dollars they have? incorrect, that money is possibly going to either return to Bitfinex or the government will be using it to buy um, I'm trying to think of what you buy with Bitcoin, child pornography (laughs) (laughs) Why would they pay themselves for that? Uh, I don't know. I often pay myself for things on, using my two different Venmo accounts, so it looks like I have more friends. Perhaps the government is doing that. <laughs> uh, so the D- DOJ called them highly sophisticated criminals, and I want to make clear, there's a distinction here. Highly sophisticated criminal can be one of two things. It can be one, either like a suave uh, thief who goes into the gallery and steals the brooch from the countess's- The brooch? Yeah, you know- those a brooch, brooch. No, she. Well, it, the 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 more corpulent you are, the <laughs> the the longer you drag out the O. Yes, Gourmand a, would be a brooch broochware. Actually, so well, his 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 sister, the Countess, uh, wears the brooch, and he steals it. So that's one <laughs> kind of one kind of thief. The other kind of highly sophisticated thief is like oh, I have a, a certain learning
2: disabilities so that make me good at crime,
0: guys. Um, oh my god. Well, it's it's true. And I am saying that these people are technically neither. Mm. They're just like a mildly sophisticated (laughs) thieves. They're Sigma, is what you're saying. they're Sigma thieves. (laughs) They're they're
1: neither of those. Well, yeah, maybe in more ways than one. So, okay. Let's run through a couple of the details before we get into these two characters. So, Mm -hmm. January 31st, the federal agents decrypted a file that was stored on Ilya's cloud drive. That contained private key information for... Around 95,000 of the bitcoins that were stolen uh, from the hack, which was a total of 120,000 bitcoins. Okay. Mm -hmm. They claimed that they have traced other proceeds from the hack to multiple accounts also held by Ilya and Heather. Yes. They say that they have also, uh, they also have like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cryptocurrency that they have not been able to recover. Mm-hmm. Which is very interesting. And they say that they successfully laundered about $2.9 million uh, dollars worth of Bitcoin through like buying gold and NFTs and mm, Walmart gift cards and Uber gift cards and
0: hotels.com gift cards. <laughs> Listen, all right. So, okay, you might be like, that's silly, but I, in, re- really, there is a reason that. Um, as somebody who has engaged in light financial crime before and mm. has known people who've engaged in medium financial crime before uh, buying gift cards is a tried and true way yeah, of, totally. of of getting rid of i mean there's all kinds of gift cards are like your key if you want to uh, mm. do something funky with money
1: well that's the thing that's so crazy too is because i feel like well i feel like if these two are the ones that actually did the hack which mm-hmm. we should say they are not being charged with actually hacking, uh, Bitfinex, which we can talk about. Um, but if they did do it, then they found out very quickly the problem of like stealing a really famous painting, which is that it's okay. So you've got this fucking money. You've got this thing that's worth all this, this money. You got to find a way to like liquidate it into
0: actual dollars. Very difficult. That's actually the thing with art theft is if, if. A famous painting or really any like known painting gets stolen from a museum or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been some high profile art art heist in, uh, in Europe in the past 10 years. Those are usually on commission. Like people will be charged with stealing a p- specific um, painting or whatever for, a, a let's say, a very private collector. Um, this is more confusing because Bitcoin is on a public ledger. And right. so while Bitcoin can be very good if you're a criminal, I mean, there are, there are positive things about it if you're into crime, actually trafficking in hot and notoriously hot Bitcoin like this uh, is actually rather difficult because mm-hmm. unlike a private bank account, which also the government you know can see where that goes too, um, not just the government can see what, where your money is moving around, but anybody can see where your money is moving around.
1: Yeah. But we're going to get to that in a little bit. I think that we got to talk Put, about Putting these. a big in
0: the jar every time she says it.
1: But we really are, though. We are. We are. We are. <laughs> but first, we got to talk about these two because basically the internet went completely nutty on this bitch, Heather Morgan, a.k.a. Heather Rahan, a.k.a. Razzlecon.
0: So, <laughs> I, I – I think I think there's sort of been a lot of I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it misinformation out mm. there about this woman. I've seen a lot of people calling her cringe. Mm-hmm. And and I wanna be totally clear with, with people, is that that's not a word that really works for her. That's not like I, I don't know. I mean I, I you know I'm 32. I haven't thought a lot about the specific definition of cringe and the way it's used on the internet, but I know it when I see it. And this is something beyond, not even beyond, it's just in a different realm than that. Mm. I don't know if you remember back to 2011. Um, I actually literally don't because I was on a lot of drugs back then and hence don't have a very good memory. I remember you in 2011, I think. I was high. But I remember in 2014, I I was looking past all the stuff that I missed and I realized that people who use the internet a lot and specifically people who had business on the internet had developed some sort of horrible pagan culture where they went out to the desert and burned effigies of human beings. They dressed in long fuzzy socks. And sometimes they put these socks in their arms. They had strange sex with each other and they had, they used rap slang in a sort of arch way, but also had the voice of a nerd and Heather embodies that but then takes it to a level times 1000. So she's mm. not cringe, she's actually a woman out of time. I would have if if I did not know better, I would have thought this woman stepped through a door straight from 2010, 2011.
1: Well, that makes sense because that is back in fashion now, that era. I mean, this really is the quirked up shorty that we that our culture deserves.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's more quirked than
1: She's. This is more quirked than I think anyone was ready for. I mean, yeah. people were like, you know, Quirky's kind of back. That's cool. And then they saw Heather and they're like, no, no, no. Close the doors. We're not ready for this. Like, we, you know, shut it down.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like when people are like, oh, I love rap because they listen to Drake and then they hear like a real rhymesmith like Liz on the (laughs) mic and they're like, whoa, this is a little too gangsta for me. (laughs) Too
1: raw. So her LinkedIn bio starts off with a quote, with words and software, you can write your own destiny. And then it's signed initials HRM with nerd emoji, pen emoji, laptop emoji. I'm going to go ahead and assume that HRM is Heather R. Morgan, aka her. So she's quoting herself in her LinkedIn bio. It continues, Heather R. Morgan is a serial entrepreneur, prolific writer, irreverent comedic rapper Mm -hmm. and investor in B2B software companies with high growth potential. Since age four, math and writing have been two of Heather's favorite things. Heather is passionate about building B2B enterprise software that improves productivity while delighting users. She is currently focused on building software that combats the rampant increase in fraud and cybercrime.
0: Okay, well, there's a lot to digest there. First of all, I can't help but notice that she uses my terminology, which is B2B, brace to bitch, which is when I pay a woman money to leave me alone. Um, but it seems like she's, what she's doing here is she's, she's almost foreshadowing her own downfall, which is something that we see with Heather quite a lot. I mean, Liz, you spent a – well, actually, let me rephrase that. You're a lady, which means that it's okay for you to spend a lot of time on other ladies' Instagram pages. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say you spent way too long, but you spent too long for your own good on her Instagram. Well, page.
1: I also got on that thing before it got taken down.
0: Mm-hmm. So I don't know
1: if her family did it or she did it when she got out of, of uh holding or whatever, but um, or when she got out on bail. But she was I mean, it's like real normie photos. Like this is like mm-hmm. a normie SF. Tech person. I mean, by that, I mean, there's nothing normal about her, but it would be like her posting photos of herself getting like Mendy tattoos on her hands and, you know, going, visiting Thailand, but in the like Hyatt, um, like, you know, huge Hyatt hotel and hiking in Bernal with her parents and like cocking her head to the side and making duck face, like thinking that, that she's like doing quirky pose Mm -hmm. and It was just like, you know, she's kind of like crazy eyes, but it was all sort of like that soft burner tech SF way who is like a Yelper and has like superstar Yelper badges and goes to meetups and listens to Creation and has a like, like cocked, like fitted cap and is like totally like totally random and loves like Cards Against Humanity, I don't know. She also wrote a bunch of freelance columns for places like Inc. and Forbes. She, which, like a lot of people made a uh, big noise about <laughs> this one column she wrote, which is Experts Share Tips to Protect Your Business from Cyber Criminals. <laughs> In it, she quotes this guy, Matt Perella, who at the time was the chief compliance officer of this company called BitGo. Now, remember that name because we're going to talk about them in a little bit. But what a lot of people didn't pick up is that, funny enough, prior to um, this guy working at BitGo, and again, he's she quotes him, interviews him for this piece on how to protect your business from fucking cyber hackers, a.k.a. Razzlecon. Um, he worked at the Department of Justice for over 22 years and not only was he at the department of justice he was the head of the chip unit which stands for computer hacking and intellectual property
0: that's what chips was about (laughs) yeah
1: no so it's like literally the woman who allegedly laundered like billions of dollars of bitcoin from the most famous hack in cryptocurrency history The company, she, this woman interviewed the guy who was the chief compliance officer for a company who was part of the hack, like, involved, like, in being hacked, basically, who also was the, worked at DOJ, like, prosecuting complex economic espionage, computer intrusions, criminal copyright violations,
0: and fucking, like, hacking crimes, Yeah, he he prosecuted or tried to indict members of Anonymous, right? Yes. Like, it's just, how did this fucking happen? It's so, so funny. I mean, I can't believe they got those guys in those funky little masks, too. (laughs) you know, some of her um, scouting aside, there's another side to Heather Morgan that I think deserves some going over. And I think we can get some clues about maybe how they even did the hack if they did the hack from from little droplets of some. You know how like they're like looking like shit from animals to figure out if they eat beans or whatever, like grass. You know, yeah. like what? Okay. What, mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we can look at her. Uh, let's say song space type output to see what kind of things she put out there. So she has an alter ego, which is the sign of somebody who is, <laughs>
1: she's a couple really, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's actually a sign of a highly motivated, intelligent individual. Um, her her main one. Let's say her main altar is razzle Khan. So Liz, can you give us the little razzle con rundown here that she herself <laughs> has put out? <laughs>
1: Razzle Khan is like Genghis Khan, but with more pizzazz. Now, Uh, side note, I'm always saying what Genghis Khan really liked was pizzazz.
0: Yeah, that was the one thing missing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's a fearless cynic who is here to speak her mind, call out bullshit, and share her wildest
0: synesthesia. How do you say this? Synesthesia. Synesthesia. I thought all girls just knew how to pronounce that. What is that? Okay, I'll explain it to you after you finish reading this.
1: Okay. Razzlecon is a mascot for misfits and underdogs everywhere, showing them it's okay to be different and be yourself, no matter how unconventional that may be. Raz is basically a mix of Hunter S. Thompson
0: and Diane Arbus with a sprinkle of Tom Green. I would say she's more like uh, somebody that uh, Diane Arbus took a famous picture of, if you know what I mean. Those are the most geriatric millennial ass references I've heard in a long time, too. <laughs> All right. Hunter so. S. Thompson and Diane Arbit. Oh my God, girl. So baby doll, synesthesia. I, I assumed you would have known this, but I'm kind of glad that you do not. Um you know how like when people are weird, they're like, Oh, I'm different.
1: Mm. Um, I'm
0: weird. Like, I'm not like
1: Yeah, yeah. They're else. looking up they're looking for their quirked up qualities. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like yeah, it's like, it's like if if being a manic pixie dream girl mm. or being Oof, talk about tweet coming back too random or any of these other kind of like strange like artsy like art artsy adjacent type personalities had a disease hmm. that disease would be synesthesia. People who say they have synesthesia, which by the way, is made up. I don't care if you can. But what I'm sure is that, it? I'm sure that some fucking dumbass out there is going to send me a link, be like, no, it's actually real. No, it's made up by people who want to seem weird. It's no coincidence that everybody who has synesthesia, which, by the way, I wish was terminal, is also the most crazy, weird, mixed-up person in the world, too. Synesthesia is where you see music, and you hear color, and you taste the rainbow it's like uh it's like it's like it's like pleur meningitis like it's 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 ravers syndrome essentially Mm. even if you're not a raver Mm. um yeah this is like tumblr munchausen's yes absolutely anyways if i could taste her music Mm. liz what would it taste like hmm Uh, Ooh, I've only, I, I, you know, I've only eaten ravioli for like the past 12 years, right? I don't (laughs) know. So I guess it would taste like bad ravioli. Oh my God. Um, she makes music for the entrepreneurs and hackers, all the misfits and smart slackers. Yes. She's posted
1: like hundreds of videos to YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. She's basically posting them everywhere. Razzlecon, man. Prolific unbelievable some really like i will say um the the production quality pretty high uh,
0: uh, pretty Liz, expensive. I, would, <laughs> I would actually very much disagree with that <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so i would say the production quality is 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 are you like are you talking about like if her uh, uh, i think they threw
1: some money at the project is what i'm saying
0: I think that she made all, I think her music videos were shot with like a DSLR or something, but it seems like she either made the beats herself or somebody very close to her, possibly who, you know, might've had been suffering from either playing in the NFL for a really long time, or perhaps being a professional boxer made these beats. And, uh, she, she doesn't seem able to understand that you're supposed to rap in time to the yeah. beats or like along with them. It's like she, she started just kind of rhyming and then they put in beats afterwards, which is a distinct possibility.
1: It's though. so bad that it feel it's like, how is this real?
0: Yeah. Th- that's what I'm saying. There is like an uncanny Valley. Yeah. When you it watch is the, totally uncanny Valley. And like when you watch the video of um, uh, Versace Bedouin. Yeah. It, which I highly recommend you do. Absolutely. I mean, I think we can play a, play a sample right here. I don't think that'll get us flagged.
1: Spirit of a revolutionary, power of a dictator, love to be contrary, but I'm fly like a gator. I've got pilot blood, I'm a real risk taker, pirate riding the flood, badass money maker, grandmother crocodile, weirder than an ex-file, brief fire, the silver, so sexy when I slither, sparkle on my little finger, hell of arousal ear to ear, poised to throw a dinger, playing on their worst fear. Russell Kong, the first she better win. I'm real far, but don't
0: know where I'm heading. It's because it's, 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 this is what I'm saying. It's not cringe. It's something else. Mm. It's it's it, There's an ineffable quality to it that, like, I don't think that – I mean, I don't even think that damn Marcus Grail could figure out how you pronounce that guy's <laughs> name. I mean, this lady is – make take this is a new – I would first, like to see him try, though. I would like new, to read that. <laughs> this is a new genre of music. This yeah. is a new genre of music. She's pushed
1: through – cringe she's moved oh, through yeah. it we broke we're, on through yeah we're on the other side baby the feds actually in one of their memos quote her rap lyrics as proof of her sophisticated matrix like hacking abilities and this is actually one of the lines spearfish your password all your funds are transferred which i think was pretty good but possibly very stupid
0: to put in a rap lyric again well, that's- always
1: leaving little crumbs
0: for the police to catch you yeah, I mean that is actually the sign of a cool criminal is when you just give <laughs> hints. I, I don't feel like enough criminals do that. I know so, they don't. It is kind of a throwback. There's another aspect. She also keeps referring to herself as like a hoe and like she 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 makes constant reference to her like hoe qualities, but one look at this woman, I'm pretty sure she's only had sex with Ilya. I mean, there <laughs> is something it's like it's like a you almost want to be like, oh, you're like a, a kid or something. Like, there's like a childlike yeah, quality to there her is. that is not like. It, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's not cringe. It's like a baby. Um, she also gave. Uh, she she sort of tried to market or position herself as somebody who would socially engineer. Now, socially engineer. I, I actually Liz and I had a conversation about this the other day, in which I said I would look up when people started using the term. I did not do that, but um, I did. You did? Yeah, when did. did. It, when did it come into currency? When was it minted?
1: Well, it it was actually like from some horrible social scientist, like German social scientist to the turn of the century. Remember when they were mm-hmm. doing all of the kind of like- Which man- century? Uh, sorry, <laughs> turn of the 20th century. Okay. Um, where it was like they were, or sorry, turn of the, yeah, turn of the 20th century, where they were- um, kind of coming up with all of these sort of executive managerial systems, yeah. it comes yeah. out of that. So it comes out of like describing new sort of tech. It's like a technocracy. Um, like it comes out of the like tech technocratic movement kind of, but then I stopped reading <laughs> about it because I got bored.
0: <laughs> well, I, I can tell you this: it is, it is, a, it is a term that nerds use when they want to say manipulate or trick. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the way that a lot of people use it, and it's like big into like, do, do you remember before hacking just meant like working for Google? Um, people try to be like, you can hack your, you can hack your way into anything, and like hackers were these people who were like, like the movie hackers. Yes. Like they were always like, they were like you put the quarter in the fucking pinball machine, but you got a little fucking thing tied to it. You can just play pinball forever. Like, but you could do that for anything. She's like someone who never lost that, uh, 1995, like Mm. hacker ethos. Uh, and, and so she tried to parlay this into like a kind of another part of her public persona. In fact, probably somewhat parlayed this into her private crime persona (laughs) too. But I I watched a talk that she gave, which was, uh, excruciating, which was how to social engineer your way into anything. Um, and it's blah, 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 blah talking about herself. Um, she starts by having the host play Versace Bedouin. This is totally unrelated to the entire rest of the talk. The audience is given no context for what this is. She raps along and then inexplicably the music is shut off at her direction and she stops rapping. Uh, she introduces herself as an expert on cold emails, which, in real—I don't know—want to say real life, but in her non-crime life, is ostensibly what her comp- company did, which I guess means sending someone an email, being like, "Do you want to?" Uh, There's buy just this like a mark cold. It's like a cold call, but software <laughs> mail, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> she says she got her writing jobs at Inc. because she also wrote for Inc., which is one of those websites, like courts where I'm like. There's who's reading this. Who's booting up quartz or Oh my God. Like Uh,
1: CEOs from
0: 2016. I don't understand it Uh, through cold email. So she got that through cold email and social engineering. She says she did research on Forbes staff, which I cannot think of a, I mean, I've done research on some journalists before, found out their addresses, kids, wives, all that kind of stuff. What time everyone's at school, blah, blah, blah. But she apparently did this to parlay herself into writing like, um you know like they're like blogger columns so like she doesn't actually write for forbes but like if you annoy them enough you can write like a listicle for them yeah 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 she's a freelancer exactly but like even sub freelancer, like i doubt she was actually paid for any of these Mm. um she says she's a former economist focused on game theory and what does that mean dot 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 and those ellipses are there because i put them there a lot of black markets, and that is something that comes up with Heather over and over. She makes a lot of hay in that she was in uh, post-revolutionary Egypt during the Arab Spring and was fo- and also in other places in North Africa and focused on black markets and anti-corruption. Now, I'll be real with you. I know a lot of our like more like slow listeners are like, she worked for the CIA? No, I'm sorry. This is somebody who is uh, – this – <laughs> I, I, my spidey sense is going off in the opposite direction. This lady, didn't even do what she like. She didn't do that. Not even for herself, let alone yeah. for the CIA.
1: She also wasn't an economist. She got her master's in, I believe in economics in, at the university of Cairo. And that she was there studying during the Arab <laughs> <laughs> spring.
0: <laughs> She's not a fucking economist. <laughs> though. Yes. Actually, you can just, I actually, you know what? Yes, she, I'm an economist. What is the actual, it's like being a doctor, you have to have like a like thing from the hospital that says no, you're a doctor. No, but I just think like, you're not. But I, I am though. So. <laughs> like that's crazy that you say that because actually uh, the markets on you're being right have taken a sudden downturn. So she says that she likes to social engineer a lot in some of the places that she's infiltrated. A palace in Cairo, which it appears she just hopped the fence to. The Maury Show, uh, she's wearing a wig in that and says that she went as her alter ego, Charlene. It appears that she might have just gotten tickets to The Maury Show, which are free. Uh, and a Chinese wedding, meaning that she was probably staying at a hotel <laughs> and walked into <laughs> the event space where they have weddings. She was a and- wedding crasher. Exactly. And so I don't know why you would want to social- this. Like,
1: this. is the tech, tech rationalist, like so annoying. It's like social engineering, but it's like, no, you're just like going to, you're just crashing a wedding. You're not like, they They come up with these like insane terms that they have to use that then they use to market, like all these steps to do all these things. Like I'm thinking through all these mechanical steps. One, two, three. This is how you get into hacking life, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're just doing normal. This is just- you're a shitty con man. That's it.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, well, she says another thing she, she used to, it's like a big part of this was researching and gathering intelligence. And one of the examples that she gives is to scan someone's social media profile, which again, I mean, this is, I don't know why you would need to give a talk on this, but I do think that this is a bit of foreshadowing for how, if they did, they might've actually got their hands on the way to get this Bitcoin in the first place. We
1: should talk about the other guy, the other guy in this uh, little crime duo, Ilya Lichtenstein. So there's a lot less information, publicly available information on him that I could find. He goes by the name Dutch. That's -hmm. his nickname, which I find very weird and very sus. Also, because if you listen back to the the Tether episode, you will hear, you know, many times do we talk about our feelings about the Dutch. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's yeah, the perfidious Dutch. Um, He's he's not a YouTube rapper.
1: No, he's not. He was born in Russia. He is a dual citizen with Russia, Mm -hmm. which is, of course, the most crypto of the crypto states. He moved with his parents to a wealthy Chicago suburb when he was like six. He was apparently a mathlete, Mm. captain of the academic bull, which is something. I don't know. The founder of Cameo, Steve Gallinus, was actually his high school classmate. And this is what he said to the Wall Street Journal. He would be like, if Mick Levin from Superbad ended up pulling off the heist.
0: I was the captain of the <laughs> uh, it just yeah, makes, that is That makes yeah, it seem
1: se- cooler then. Maybe I know. I yeah. Cause Mick
0: Lovin, if I remember correctly, has like a full penetration, totally filmed sex scene in that movie. Oof,
1: and I don't remember that.
0: Yeah. It's the uh, <laughs> longer version that you can see on DVD. Um, and this guy seems like just an average sort of run of the mill nerd. Oh
1: my God. He had
0: a, he, he was like, he's a software engineer. And yeah. he actually, I, I, less clear with Miss Razzlecon here, but he actually did code. Yes,
1: yeah. He uh, he had a background in coding. He went to, he, or he was like an alum, alumnus of the uh, allegedly prestigious Y Combinator tech incubator. Um,
0: so that gives you a clue of the kind of kind of people he. These, that's the kind of, running with. Let me just say. Wait, hold on. Let me see if I can do this reference right. I would like to turn that tech incubator into a baby incubator in Kuwait during Saddam Hussein's invasion there. If you know what I mean. Oh my God. Uh, he also ran a Ron Paul fan site and Ugh. sold No Tropics online. So this guy, <laughs> let's let's not let's not pretend that he doesn't have one or two things in common with his wife here. And he co-founded a data ad tech startup that got money from Mark Cuban, donkey of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he claims at the time to have
1: been working on what he described as the first decentralized cloud wallet for virtual assets. It was a company called NPass. Now the CEO of that company,
0: Heather Morgan. That's like the kind of thing that I'd tell someone, at like if I'm too ashamed to tell someone, but like I do a podcast, mm. I'd be like, yeah, I'm actually starting like the first decentralized uh, <laughs> wallet for certain assets online so that they'd stop talking to me. Yeah, totally.
1: But these two, I mean, they dated for, uh, I think their lawyer said about seven years but they recently got married mm-hmm. just last year. He actually proposed to her, I swear to God, this is true, through a quote, weird creative multi-channel marketing campaign that included oh. like her hunting down posters of Heather's face as RazzleCon that were like wheat pasted up all around New York City. And he he fucking bought. Times Square digital billboards of Razzlecon
0: for that's the proposal. Ins- that's insane. Most <laughs> of the time when I've tried to do something with a woman, I've had to go around to post offices and take down pictures of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they got married in Culver City, which I put three question marks next to because it's like, why did, you did she get married in Culver City? Mm-hmm. Um, she got carried down the aisle in a Moroccan palanquin while the final countdown played.
0: song, too. The Jesus final countdown.
1: That but is the just, most, like, I'm so random, like, walking down the aisle song ever. I hate it. There should
0: be I, – I think that there should be, like, certain laws to where, like, okay, if you get married, you can only come down the aisle to Here Comes the Bride. That's it. Like, it's illegal to play any other song because people pick – don't get me started. I've been to, I haven't been to, I don't, big surprise. I'm getting invited to a lot of weddings, but I've seen some weird songs that people play at their fucking weddings and walk down the aisle too. Um, he, uh, he liked a tweet on December 30th that says my password manager has over 200 usernames and passwords saved for different sites with quote, sign in with ETH quote and quote, connect wallet quote, end quote. I only manage one private key. Making an account at every website doesn't make sense. Making just one account and bringing it with you does. Not good advice.
1: No, that turns out to be really poor advice. That's basically how the feds were able to get into his wallet and track all the stolen Bitcoin.
0: So let's, Liz, let's hit the rewind button here and go back to the greatest year of any of our lives, 2015 and then into 2016.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we got to talk about Bitfinex for a second. So reminder, Bitfinex is a shady ass crypto exchange that's also run by the guys that run the Ponzi scheme slash alleged stablecoin Tether. Mm -hmm. And to truly understand how Bitfinex works, you need to understand Tether, you understand both. Really do recommend our our episode about that if you want to go back and listen. But to rewind a little bit, in 2015, Bitfinex's hot wallet gets fully drained. At the time, they were only operating in beta. So they were like, oh, we're still working stuff out. Sorry about that. And it really wasn't that bad of a hack in terms of liquidation. They said that only 0.5% of their total coins were taken, which at the time was only, it was like 330 thousand dollars which they basically were like okay we're just going to absorb the loss as a company don't worry about it it's really small and they were like okay users don't be scared because actually we have 99.5 percent of all of your coins in these multi-sig wallets so don't worry about that so around the same time that this happens. Bitfinex was also hit with fines from the CFTC, the Commodity Futures and Trading Commission. And they basically, yeah, you don't want to do that. They had been offering illegal derivatives. They were basically selling Bitcoin futures contracts um, on the exchange. And so to get in line with the CFTC, they had to um, put everything they had into not just multi-signature, but segregated wallets. Now, multi-signature, segregated wallets, what does that mean? This is a kind of complicated exchange infrastructure, but basically it makes it so that it's tougher to withdraw and it requires way more steps, a.k.a. more security for each wallet. Okay. So the,
0: w- the way that I understand it is like it's with multi-sigs. It's like, and I, I had to watch, I have had to look at a lot of visualizations for this, but it's like if I have one key. The company has another key, and then someone else has a third key, mm-hmm. and we need to combine all of those keys together in order to like drain the wallet. Two out of three keys. Two out of three. Yeah. So, in order to like complete these
1: multi sig wallets, uh-huh. like this kind of to create this new infrastructure, they actually partnered with another company to do it. They used their API, and it was a company called BitGo. Do you remember them oh. from earlier? The I guy, do remember. the compliance officer that Heather interviewed for Forbes?
0: And I want to make a little asterisk point for all the haters out there. We'll get to that later. Guess what, asshole? We just got to it.
1: Yeah. So, it that you're right that it requires um, multi-signature approval. And the way that worked is that so every user on the exchange has their own now would have their own address on the blockchain. So Mm -hmm. they could check at any moment to see the amount of Bitcoins that they thought they had at any given point, they're there like, Oh, this is my unique address on the blockchain, I can see my Bitcoins here. And in order to withdraw from those wallets, like you said, you needed multi sig approval. And so ra- you don't need all three but you would need two out of three. And so you would need um one of these combinations. A customer plus Bitfinex, customer plus BitGo, or Bitfinex and Bitco, right? And the way that those signatures, we say signatures, but you could say API keys, it's just like a um you know, a program that sent that gives approval, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So BitGo, as an additional kind of safety slash kind of liquidity measure, has a withdrawal limit for each individual wallet. So theoretically, now, by the way, that, theoretically, that limit would be controlled by a different key than the key used to give approval to withdraw from the wallet, right? So theoretically, Mm. you would need two different keys to give approval to withdraw and to raise or lower the withdrawal limit. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Now, in August 2016, a hacker, or perchance a pair of hackers, perhaps a pair of hackers romantically linked, Mm -hmm. were able to gain access to a Bitfinex key and then additionally to the Bitfinex slash BitGo API key. So, first, they were able to signal from the Bitfinex BitGo API key that they wanted to lift the withdrawal limits. So I think, like, whatever the withdrawal limit was, let's say it's at, like, uh, it it wasn't, but let's say it was, like, 100 Bitcoin. The first thing they do is say, boom, here's the key to signal that we're going to raise it to unlimited or whatever, right? Yeah. And then they're able to signal by the Bitfinex key that they want to move and drain the contents of that wallet into another wallet. And not just this one wallet on the blockchain, but now this other wallet on the blockchain. And this other wallet on the blockchain and this other wallet on the blockchain, e- draining all of those different multi-sig uh, segregated wallets into one other wallet that the, the hackers controlled.
0: Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So they took a, they took a little bit of money or a bunch of money out of a bunch of different wallets, and then put it all into one big wallet.
1: Yes. And so they w- were able to initiate over 2,000 unauthorized transactions. And that's when close to 120,000 Bitcoin gets taken off of the exchange and into uh, out of those multi-sig wallets and transferred into a single outside wallet. Mm-hmm. So one thing I want to note before we move forward is when this hack happened, a lot of people, and I think we even talked about this on the Tether episode, a lot of people assumed that it maybe was coming from inside the house at Bitfinex.
0: Yes. And, and that, that wouldn't be so unusual for them. They are a, a um, <laughs> let's say, less than savory bunch.
1: Yes. And the reason they assumed that is because because of the nature of the hack, right? It's because the the hackers had access to these API keys that there it was real confusion how they were able to get that unless they knew someone in the company or they themselves worked within the company to have that kind of access now the same day that this hack happened with bitfinex there's not a lot that we know about the hack all of the things that I, all all of the kind of steps that i just walked everyone through like that was kind of gleaned from information that the that phil potter gave i think it was phil potter gave who himself was the head of Bitfinex. But um, one thing we do know is that they appointed a brand new CTO the same day of the hack, which is an incredible man named Paolo Ardino. Like, if you are on crypto Twitter, you obviously know who he is. He's just a just remarkable, remarkable character. Um, but the, the hiring of a brand new CTO at that moment When, by the way, like, again, Bitcoin's this was such, this is the biggest hack, one of the biggest hacks, if not the biggest hack in Bitcoin history, there's been larger ones, but this was one of the most impactful, like, Bitcoin's total price plunged 20% when this happened. I mean, it's like fucking famous. To bring in a new CTO signals that maybe, you know, someone fucked up, and they needed to bring in someone new, replace someone, someone had to be fired because someone had been compromised, perhaps. From
0: some phishing or mm-hmm. spear phishing attacks, we don't know. So, not only did Bitcoin's price plunge twenty percent, but Bitfinex customers all take out what they call in the crypto space a haircut. <laughs> yeah, and this often happens uh, when, in fact, I've only ever heard this like talked about or this term used in this way in like basically exchange or crypto space hacks. Uh, where essentially a lot of people lose their Bitcoin, lose a little bit of Bitcoin to make up for the losses, right? So if you were like a, a, Bitcoin, a Bitfinex customer, even if you didn't have Bitcoin around this time, Bitfinex took some of your coins, whether they're Bitcoin or not, out of your account and used it to, quote, socialize the losses. Now, what they did then, and which a lot of places do after something like this happens, is they issued a token that was worth like the dollar amount. Now, there has actually been a very confusing... I think there's been like two or three tokens issued by Bitfinex Mm -hmm. basically relating to this hack. It is probably deserving of an episode in its own right, but they've done a lot of weird shit with tokens ever since then. Um, Essentially, they got a lot of people to exchange some of those tokens for equity in the company, which is a good way to... um, Get a lot of people very invested in your company <laughs> doing well. Yeah. Um. And uh. And that was kind of that. You know, like it was taken. Bitfinex did not go under, which is insane. It got a lot of bad press, but Bitfinex has always sort of had a shady reputation. I feel like, tether has sort of outshined them in this <laughs> respect now. Yeah. Um. Especially I after mean, all of the fucking DOJ <laughs> cases. Exactly. And and so, I mean. I I assume they'll get this Bitcoin back from the government. I don't know how Mm. that works, Uh, in in which case, I guess some people are getting some Bitcoin back. If you had Bitcoin stolen from you back then or you'd lost some in the haircut, uh, I would assume you'd be very excited about maybe getting some Bitcoin back. But again, like there was some bunch of stuff that happened with Bitfinex uh, minted tokens that, frankly, I'm kind of too dumb to understand, even though I tried reading about it for a while. But the point is here is there is a lot of Bitcoin that was in Bitfinex accounts that is now in someone else's account. And it's just sitting there on a wallet on the blockchain. People can see that wallet. People can see the transactions that that wallet makes. But it's difficult. that makes it rather difficult to actually fully launder that money. Yes. And so in 2017, our little couple here with this Khan, the so-called expert in black markets... To actually try moving some of this money. So, according to the report put out by the DOJ, they start moving money there in late January 2017, essentially trying to use this service called AlphaBay. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> AlphaBay was a, and is now, again, a darknet website where you can buy anything from groceries to uh I'm just kidding. It's like, you know, you can buy like fentanyl and like a child bride on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had actually started advertising Tumblr services. And no, I'm not <laughs> talking about, you can fill in whatever joke there. They, a Tumblr with an E services uh, in 2016. Um, and what Bitcoin Tumblrs are, it is, is essentially how it sounds. It's you mix a whole bunch of people's or a couple people or a few people's Bitcoin up in one transaction You send it out to another wallet. That wallet sends you back the same amount of Bitcoin. This is a kind of simplified version of it. There's other versions of it, but this is essentially what you need to know. So your Bitcoin is combined with other people's Bitcoin. and is essentially exchanged for the same amount of Bitcoin that's returned to you. And so the Bitcoin kind of like gets um, moved around the blockchain and you get clean Bitcoin back they did not actually launder a whole ton of the money back that mm. uh, they were kind of doing it in dribs and drabs uh and that comes to a crashing halt when in july 2017 um the fbi agents crash through the gates of the alpha bay admins uh complex in thailand a guy named alexander kazas and arrest him uh unfortunately, Alexander was still logged into his computer when he came outside and was arrested, and he was doing like a reboot, I guess, of the uh, the Alpha Bay page, and so like nothing was encrypted, and the feds got in- access to
1: <laughs> every single thing. I didn't realize that's how they did. They got that. Yes, he just that's had his computer. So yes, funny.
0: it's so good. Um, he died in jail of a so-called suicide the mm. next week, and it should be noted that a lot of people in sort of the dark web space. Uh, do not believe he committed suicide. They well, believe yeah. he was murdered. Um, they also tried to launder some of the money through Monero, which is a privacy coin that's actually much harder to trace. Uh, the FBI did, it looks like, maybe trace some of the Monero, and there are ways to, to sort of approximate tracing it. They don't exactly say how they did it. Um, there are companies that say that they can do it now. They don't share how they can do it, but there are companies mm. that say they can do it. Uh, I'm guessing that that is true, that it is possible probably for, for some of these like um, Bitcoin safety or safety sort of like uh snitching, let's say uh, companies to, uh, to trace Monero and other privacy coins. And so I, I'd assume the runway is running out pretty quick on that. Um, but for the most part, they don't really move a ton of the money. Um, there is a, There is a a nice little addendum to this, though. Alphabet is back as of August 2021 with a few rules such as no harming others, uh, which means you can't advertise Hitman services, no guns or gun discussions, even for self defense, no erotica slash porn of any sorts, except for logins for major sites, no fentanyl or fentanyl based substances. No COVID-19 vaccines, no doxing or threats of doxing, and no any Russia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Armenia, Kyrgyzstan-related activities <laughs> or citizens' data.
1: <laughs> Wait a second. Who's buying COVID vaccines
0: off the dark web? I don't know, but make of that what you will. I mean, I, I don't know. I Actually, I should check. I bet you can buy them. there. But though. why would you? I don't know. <laughs> I truly do not know. <laughs> so there's a few different ways to launder Bitcoin. Like I said, you can tumble it. And mm-hmm. that is, I think, one of the more common ways to do yeah. it. Um, they also, uh, Morgan and Lichtenstein actually used a service called Wasabi Wallet, which uses, a, itself uses a service called CoinJoin, which is, as far as I can tell, basically the same thing as a mixer. I His mean- fucking names. I know. I hate it all. Uh, they also, at one point, switched to Hydra, which is another marketplace like Alphabay, Um, there's a, a service called chain hopping or not a service, excuse me. There's something you could do called chain hopping, which involves transferring funds from one blockchain to another in like quick succession to sort of lose the trail. Mm. So like you go from like Ethereum to, to Monero to Bitcoin, back to Bitcoin, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I can't name that many fucking coins to uh doggy <laughs> coin to whatever back to back to back to back to back to sort of lose the trail but uh it looks like one of the ways that they might have been trying to do it considering how often they use these sort of black market websites was a service called treasure hunting where you will pay individuals in bitcoin or whatever online currency and they will literally go bury money for you and then give you gps coordinates that you Wait. have to go tr- track down and then dig up Wait, IRL bury the money in the yes. land? Yes, <laughs> in like sealed bags. This is really big in Russia. So, like, I give you like a Bitcoin and then you go bury $60,000 in rubles underneath a tree. And then you're like, brace, meet me at me this tree. And then I dig it up. I'm like, thanks. you. No, I like money. that. Me too. I should start doing that and just steal people's money. Mm, yeah, that sounds like good. They're Bitcoin. Yeah, because of- you were trying to do something illegal. <laughs>
1: Okay, so how did the feds find these guys? So obviously, like you said, the seizure of Alpha Bay had a lot to do with it. It seems like this case probably comes directly out of that. Yes, because absolutely. Once the feds could see all of the internal transaction logs from Alpha Bay, it's pretty easy to then trace the stolen funds and start kind of like logging all its moves. But the best that we could piece together is it goes something like this. So mm-hmm. The feds found some of the stolen Bitcoin that was tumbled through the Alphabay accounts and had been deposited into newly created accounts at different exchanges. Those were registered to foreign email addresses that were basically created around the same time as the Bitfinex
0: uh,
1: hack. I will yeah. say, some of those exchanges asked, they asked for like identity verification and Ilya and Heather like weren't going to give their own like personal information at first, mm-hmm. and so they just like wouldn't respond. And when that happened, those exchanges would just freeze the accounts. So those two left about three hundred thousand in fro- like three hundred thousand dollars in crypto in these like random frozen accounts. Yeah, which is insane. After that. They actually, when like after that started happening, it looks like Ilya and Heather started to actually use their own names, probably out of frustration with the frozen accounts. And so basically, the feds kind of like they start the crazy sophisticated hack of their own by just looking through the public ledger of all the Bitcoin transactions. Because that's the thing the blockchain literally logs every single transaction, it's a shit ton of data, but it's all there, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming that they, and one of the like plucky agents who's like looking to get a promotion is like on the big case and like has a, you know, has these two in her sights, but her boss is like, no, little miss, you don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, oh, I'll prove to you. So at her, in her studio apartment in the Lower East Side, she has a one wall Where she has like all of the photos of all the exchanges and like cartoon cutouts of different coins that she has linked Mm -hmm. together with like red string. Ironically, you'd think this would be easier on a computer. Basically, what this little plucky detective finds is a cluster of Bitcoin addresses that catches her attention Mm -hmm. and sees that in May of 2020. A fraction of Bitcoin goes from that cluster to an exchange that sells prepaid gift cards. (laughs) Then there's a $500 gift card from Walmart that gets sent to a Russian registered email. However, that transaction, and this is where Ilya fucked up, that transaction is conducted on an IP address that is linked to a cloud service provider in New York City that is linked to Ilya Lichtenstein. Oops. How could my man not be using a VPN? I don't understand.
0: So, I I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I frankly don't think VPN, I think that they probably could it's have like done fake. this even with a VPN. I do yeah. think they're kind of fake. Um, I would assume, and it, because it looks like they got sloppier and sloppier as time went on. Yeah. I would assume that they were getting, they were seeing the price of Bitcoin rise. I mean, I don't know what it was at in May, 2020, but obviously like towards the end, right before their arrest, they were trying to move a larger volume Mm -hmm. of it. I would think they'd be like, we've been sitting on this money for kind of a while. Like let's no one's come after us yet. Exactly. Exactly. And they got complacent. And here's the thing. Those pigs never stop fucking looking. So you (laughs) can never, never get complacent. Um, and, and I I mean, that's the thing is it's like, the amount of OPSEC sort of needed, op- that's what we in the uh, coin business refer to operational security as, mm. uh, it would probably get very frustrating and annoying because you yeah. kind of want to be able to like, you don't, okay, so you just can't use the internet at home? You yeah. Know? Like you got to go to like- But you know, yeah, I, you can't, I, that's the
1: thing. You can't. You, can't, you literally you can't. pulled off the biggest hack in cryptocurrency history. Like turns out, buddy, now you can't use the internet at home. That's like no. the trade-off.
0: What you should do is you should fly to Russia mm. and then take a bus to like I don't know, Mongolia and use the internet there. Yeah, internet cafe, bro? Exactly. Yeah. Um but yeah, it looks like he really just wanted that $500 Walmart gift <laughs> card, probably to buy himself some damn fucking Fritos. And, uh, and that really like that, that fucked them up. So they, in early 2021, they actually get a notice from their internet service provider that a grand jury has requested records related to them. Um, and that's never a good, No, I'll be real at them. If I was them at this point, I'm out. The, you're grabbing the go bag and you're getting on the plane, which is so weird.
1: And it turns out that the feds actually had requested a warrant back in August of 2020. So they had really kind of narrowed in on them. And I swear to God, by the way, this is a direct quote from the US, US magistrate, the judge who approved the warrant. <laughs> they said, cryptocurrency and software analytics tools are the wave of the future, dude. 100% electronic.
0: Yeah, I, re- I read to that. To add to the like pushing
1: yeah. through the cringe of this entire yeah. case, the fucking judge who issues the warrant is referencing the Big Lebowski.
0: Remember how much cultural heft the Big Lebowski had once Dude. upon a time? Like in like, I would say like 2008. I mean, people were trying to elevate it to like Rocky Horror Picture. Yes. S- I think they succeeded. Style. I think they did yeah. succeed. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a white Russian, believe it or not. Um, I have. Which it's disgusting. Why would they anyone should, drink that? They should check out this. They should call that a, a Black Hundreds because it's a, something that Jews – uh, shouldn't be able to have because it makes our stomachs hurt. Oh my God. Because it has milk in it.
1: Okay. okay. So, January 5th, this year, 2022, before the feds decrypt Ilya's cloud account, they mm-hmm. raid Heather and Ilya's apartment in New York City. They had this like million dollar condo, which apparently they rented
2: mm-hmm. on Wall
1: Street. So these are uh, some quotes from the reporting. It's really fantastic. After agents secured the scene, Morgan and Liechtenstein advised that they did not want to remain on the premises during the search. Okay. Wow Doing everything wrong. And decided to take their cat with them. You never take a cat outside, so none of this makes sense. Agents permitted Morgan to retrieve the defendant's cat which was hiding under the bed. While Morgan had crouched next to the bed calling to the cat, she positioned herself next to the nightstand which was still holding one of her phones. She then reached up and grabbed her cell phone from the nightstand and repeatedly hit the lock button. It appeared she was trying she was attempting to lock the phone in a way that would make it more difficult for law enforcement to search the phone's contents. Law enforcement had to wrest the phone from her hand. I guess later when they were actually arrested, they had a brief conversation with each other in Russian, which is interesting. The whole thing is like, I mean, it's like a TV show is already being written.
0: I mean, I guarantee there's going to be like some Netflix-like style or Amazon Prime whatever show about this within the next year. Yes. But they, they, they had, I mean, speaking of cell phones, there are quite a few cell phones in these people's houses. And they also had a bag with phones in it. That was labeled burner phone. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> what? Why would you? Why would you say that? I it's this know. is you can tell. Yeah, they they also took a bunch of money from their house. Uh, mm-hmm. They had hollowed out books, which like hand cut pages, which like if they, I, I, it's very clear that the feds are looking through your books for stuff like this. So you're gonna have to do a little better than that. There was nothing in the hollowed out books. I guarantee that she was probably like. On some, like, seven days up off of Quirk, like, cutting pages into the books, being like,
2: we can put a USB in here with my beats in it.
0: Um, <laughs> she, she, she needs to become – she needs to her, – her punishment, she, she has to join Coin Dexter's Harem in El Salvador. Oh, my God. Um, And they had a bunch of uh, Uzbeki currency. Yes. They, which, there was like a photo
1: where they were like a substantial amount of foreign currency. And I was looking at the currency. It was like in plastic bags. And I swear to God, it was Uzbeki, which is very weird.
0: Now, keep in mind, this is like weeks before they actually got arrested. And I'm telling you, at this point, I'm leaving the country. Yes. I know that like if they probably, if they did, if they use their passport at an airport, um you know, they probably would be arrested. And I think the feds also took a bunch of fake identity papers from their yeah, house as well. Yeah, but still,
1: they could have tried. I mean, yeah, I don't know. They Apparently should. Heather had a medical procedure scheduled and like a set recovery time that would have like made it impossible for them to travel. But also, and the feds mentioned this while saying like while they weren't they weren't worried that they were going to flee. They're like, oh, there's this huge storm coming and it's going to make it basically impossible for them to leave, which is pretty
0: funny. Well, my 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 real main question with this is if I had participated in stealing or at least had access to this insane amount of money in Bitcoin, I am fleeing to a country which um, would not extradite.
1: Oh, weird! Because Russia ha- would would not do that, and he's a fucking no. citizen.
0: No, and so it, it is. It is sort of like <laughs> and she's astounding married him. to me that like this. This they they actually stay like I would have left back in 2016, back in 2017. Like they traveled to Eastern Europe. Um, you know, apparently traveled to go do some shady stuff there. But I would have stayed there at least until I was sure. I mean, I would never be sure I was in the clear. But um, I certainly would not just stay in my rented. Because, all right, yeah, $1 million condo. But, like, how much does $1 million buy you in condo on Wall Street, you know? I don't think they had. They weren't exactly living in a fucking mansion. If they were renting. They yeah. can leave.
1: yeah. So basically, in between the raid and the arrest, the feds were able to get access to the information they needed from the search in the apartment to then decrypt uh, Ilya's cloud account. And that's where they found, like, a huge spreadsheet with listing all of the different accounts, including a bunch of the accounts that had been frozen. Like, it's, you can see the screenshot of the spreadsheet, and it's, like, (laughs) you know, address of the account, and then it says, like, you know, in green, frozen no identification and the amount of money that's still in the account. It's like really, really incredibly organized. There was also a folder named personas with a subset folder named
0: passport ideas. (laughs) Wait, I'm reading here. Rachel Jake. (laughs) Yeah. The the gourmand.
1: But this is like the other thing. Dexter himself. I I don't understand. It's like, bro, how do you have your like iCloud account that's attached to your name you just mm-hmm. have all of this in one location, like not like in the cloud, not even on like a hard, you know, USB stick, like just like digitally kept. It's is like completely and totally insane.
0: Here's what you do. I mean, that's the thing I keep thinking. I, again, like this is obviously like a lot of extra steps and it's going to be a fucking nightmare logistically, but like, do this, I don't know, by hand or something on Seriously? different piece of paper and then put them somewhere that's not your house. Yeah. Uh, and make hard uh, backup copies because it, even even with your password to your iCloud account or something, it's like, although I I, I mean, I guess if it's Apple, if it does or not, we don't know it's if it's not, it it Apple. It's not, it wasn't Apple, but service. it was a cloud service. But it was and a cloud I, service registered to his fucking address. Exactly. And whatever cloud service they probably would. Let the feds in, anyways. So, of course, like, yeah, you know. But so that's why you just don't stay out there in the first place. I mean, it's it's yeah. ridiculous to me that they did.
1: Yeah. So the feds get access to over two thousand addresses where almost all of the stolen Bitcoin had been initially first moved from the. So the feds seized all the coins um, in the wallet. It was about three point six billion, and they move it into a new wallet. And it's so funny that was that happened on the thirty first and on the first of February. And at the time, there are tweets from people who were following it and are like, you know, following when like tracing the government seizing this and being like, wait a second, who just moved all of this money from the Bitfinex hacked funds into a single wallet? Was this the
0: feds? Mm-hmm. It was. And so that leaves us with today. I'm very excited to see how this trial will actually end up. But we do have some sort of unanswered questions with these, with these pair of just gems.
1: Yeah. I mean, the real big question is, did these two do the hack? And I have to say, I think they did.
0: Yeah, I I think it's possible. I was I was initially having not looked at anything about this. I was like, "No way." Look yeah,
1: at me too. People. I I think I even texted you. I was like, "Okay, I finally read about it and now I think they did."
0: So, I originally was I I originally assumed that they had maybe bought mm-hmm. the money from somebody and like from somebody who just didn't want to launder it, just like give me 10 million Bitcoin or yeah. whatever. 10 million in Bitcoin. Like they were paid to
1: to like try to move it or something. Or
0: either someone either paid them to launder it, which I don't know why you would pay them and not someone a little more professional, but, or they had purchased sort of the rights to launder it from somebody else. um, And either in order to keep like a percentage of it or something that sounds a lot less likely to me now, I'm guessing what they did if they, you know, if they did indeed do it was they got people who worked with these companies with phishing attacks and they wrote them. This is why you should. And this is why people always are like, Brace, you never answer my emails or text messages. I'm like, I don't know if you're fishing. I don't know if you're spearfishing me by pretending to be my friend. So I'm not going to answer that. Um, and, or you're social engineering me into, into c- keeping my commitments or remembering to go to the doctors. But I, yeah, I, I am assuming that if they did do it, it was some, I mean, this matches up with what we know about the hack. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, I know maybe it was boring, but to walk through when you actually understand how the hack happened, you can see it's like, oh, like, this shit is as dumb as it sounds like she fucking probably manipulated her way into talking to we knew she knew people at Bitco. Uh, mm. talking to people either at Bitco or at Bitfinex, either emailing. You know, you send one email with one fucking phishing attachment where Doc, someone opens it, boom, you get access to a whole bunch of things. Yeah. And you're off to the races. Like, the hack wasn't very complicated. It seemed like Bitco... I mean, if Bitco and Bitfinex had the same... Like, if they had not changed the API keys, like, if both... like if both the Bitfinex and the BitGo API keys were the same, which is totally possible, then they would only Mm -hmm. need one. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it could just be as simple as that, which is, like, I think it's so funny because there is, like, even the sense, you know, when we were initially talking about it, it's like you hear hacking, you hear all this stuff, like, blah, 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 and you think it's, like in the mainframe like you know so crazy so like it's like oh i'm nick land in beijing and shanghai like hacking the mainframe whatever like cybernetics wow future but like no it's like a girl in a fitted cap that says zero fucks with like fake gold teeth like, fucking sending you an email being like, I'm your grandmother, please call me back. And, like, getting fucking $80 billion in Bitcoin. Like, it is this stupid. Like, all of this is this stupid.
0: You know Yeah, what I and, mean? And, and the thing with that, too, is, like, you can actually buy a lot of hacking tools on the internet, too. So, it's not like they didn't even have to, like, necessarily construct this, like, software or anything they could have actually purchased it and had a little bit of know-how and then used it to steal this so yeah i think it's within, entirely within the realm of possibility and 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 it's so fitting too to have this like giant heist in this space mm. being perpetrated by two i mean he's a non-entity you know like if you if you breathed on this guy you'd your breath would probably be more substantial than his <laughs> body but this woman like And her ghost that she's married to, you know, these people are totally emblematic of the, you know, what what you think of when you think of like Bitcoin. And it's funny because Bitcoin people have actually moved on from this in terms of cringe. Like these aren't even board eight people. Yeah, you know, like she loves NFTs, of course, but like she does not have the board eight profile picture. Like they're 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 stuck in some weird sort of. Are they in a liminal space? Yeah. And yes, they, they are, you know, they're, they're, they're the hallway between the past and the future. And it's, it's, I don't know. I I don't know how to describe her. I feel like if I saw her, I would gaze at something so powerful, but so powerful in such a strange eldritch kind of like arcane way Mm. that I feel like my eyes would explode and I'd be transported back blind with caverns where they used to be (laughs) into a field in Southern California. And a large man looms under me, like it's maybe you know remember when that guy ran into the burning man and killed himself yeah do you ever think that maybe i'm the I'm like a looper I never saw a looper, but I've seen the trailer and I kind of get the concept of it maybe I, my looper is that like I, I I you know like I really get into being Dexter and like I do something like sexually. With like her vagina or whatever. And then like that when that happens, I go back to my past, but I'm older in the future and I am so freaked out and but I'm blind because of my eye thing and I run and kill myself in the burning man. Do you think that is could do you think that could happen? I mean, absolutely. <laughs>
1: You know, it's funny. I was watching this weekend. I watched the um, Netflix Anna Delvey show. I mm-hmm. think it, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> Making Anna Delvey, Inventing Anna Delvey. I don't know. But Shonda Rhimes made it, who's like, you know, the, the, the queen of TV. Sister um, of
0: Liz Rhimes.
1: <laughs> it's like, I recommend it. It's very watchable. It's very watchable. It's, it's, mm. it's, it's well done. Um, I don't know if it's like, Like I wouldn't say it's like good or anything, but it's, it's, you know, it's it's watchable. Um, but it's funny because I was thinking back to that and like, remember that was in like 2018, I think when that happened, 2017, 2018. And, um, there was just like a fucking like torrent of media, New York mag, you know, think pieces, New York mag style, but it was all over the place. Uh, about like the summer of scam and like oh mm-hmm. scammers and oh you know everyone's a scammer. It was like Anna Del V and Elizabeth Holmes and Firefest. It was like that all three of these things kind of converged at once. Yeah, and everyone was like celebrating the scammer as this like you know this is the kind of you know this this says something about society kind of like moment. Like and it was so funny. Yeah, totally. It was so funny. Like. Putting that in contrast to the reaction to RazzleCon, which was like, uh, oh no, like what is this? <laughs> like no one felt good or was like happy about what they saw. Like, these are the people, this person like pulled up the biggest fucking heist in well, they didn't pull it off because they're in jail, but you know what I'm saying. They hacked, they had the, the biggest fucking heist in cryptocurrency history, and no one felt good about. Like what they saw. They yeah. they were like, this is not the scammer that we want. This is not Anna Delvey. This is not Elizabeth. This is not like someone we can like sympathize with. This is not someone of us. Like, this is just like something worse. And it's so funny, like seeing that, I don't know, the difference there was like kind of shocking to me. Because, yeah. or not shocking, but just like notable. Like it seemed like some kind of tide had turned where this person. It was like, oh, the, sca- the No, the scammer is like not made for TV. Actually,
0: <laughs> I, 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 I agree fully with everything you just said, except for that last part, because this is definitely. I think it was optioned literally the day after the news. Yeah,
1: broadcast. no, it will be for TV, absolutely. But I'm not sure this is the hero that you're going to be rooting for.
0: No, no, no. That and that's the thing. This is well. I, I think. I think with. Heather with Razzlecon, she breaks every paradigm that actually mankind has constructed in the past four years. Um, she's raceless. She's sexless. She is beyond based in cringe. Uh, she makes music that we can't name. Um, she, she has money, but doesn't, we don't like believe that she like part of, it, I think everyone still just doesn't believe that she could have actually done this. Uh, she's a CEO with like no real company. I mean, she is somebody that like, it's almost like if a being from the future has tried to approximate what a, like a, a human being from 2013 was like, and then came down here and, and she's going to change. She's like, um, Encino man. I never saw that either, but I'm guessing that she's like that. But you understand how it works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's pure Sigma. She really is. Mm-hmm.
2: And she will be mine. <laughs> I have already logged on to my onion, dot .onion website and put in a bid for her. Soon she will be on a C-17 down to El Salvador, where she will join me in all of my coins. ding 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 and ding ding Is that the dinner bell? No. That is simply my butler, ringing two coins together to hearken the Ethereum to my door.
0: And with that being said,
1: I hate that Coindexter rolls the R's in El Salvador.
0: <laughs> Coindexter's got like a little bit of Latin flavor to oh it. Oh, God. I didn't know where I really where I was going with that. The butler's dinging two coins together <laughs> to beckon the. What does that mean? No one knows. This is, I, I, yeah, that's the Coindexter space, and I'm unfortunately not a part of it. No. Well, my name is Brace.
1: I'm Liz. We are, of course, as always, joined by producer Young Chomsky. This has been True and On, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>